we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Praise the Lord, everybody. How are we doing today? I'm so glad to be in God's house. I'm so glad to be with every one of you. You are in Redemption Church, Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Flood. I'm so glad to be with you. I welcome everybody that's in the room with us, and I welcome everybody that's finding us online. If you're on live stream, hello. If you're on a podcast, hello. If you're on uh, YouTube or you've wandered through our website and you found our website, hello. We greet every one of you. Please leave a comment. We love to know that you're there. Don't just lurk in the background. We are so we celebrate you and we love we want to know that you are there. We're talking about something very important today. It is so very important what we're talking about today. We are talking about vision. Everyone say vision again. Everyone needs to have a vision for their life. Before today's over, you got to have a vision for your life. Like it can't wait to the end of the year. Don't wait to next year's New Year's resolution to get a vision for your life. Don't like wait, you know, get on a calendar to go talk to a counselor and it's like a month out and oh, that's the day I'm going to get my vision. No, get a vision for your life today. I suggest that you turn to God because he's the one who gave you life. He gave you the breath of life. You ought to seek him for that vision today. What do you say? God, give us that vision today. But not just your life. Every little aspect of your life needs a vision. Your business needs a vision. Your business, the business that you work in, the business that you run, it needs a vision. Your family, your family needs a vision. Your church, Redemption Church, we got to have a vision Proverbs 29 and 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people, you know the word? Perish. Perish. That ain't good. Look at someone say, that ain't good. Where there is no vision, the people perish. If If you look really quick at your life, is there an area of your life that's not flourishing? Is there an area of your life that is perishing? That is an area you need to check out the vision for that part of your life. And it can be a lot of things. You could be doing really good on your reading plan and your learning and your growing, but your, but your nutritional aspects of your life are, are a disaster, right? Or you could, you could be doing really good spiritually, but you're not doing so good in your discipline of your life. And so there's all these aspects of your life. You have got to have a vision in all those areas of your life because without a vision, the people perish. They perish. Successful lives don't just happen. Successful lives are the product of living out a successful vision. And with that, we're going we're gonna to hand out something to you today. We've got these booklets for you today. And we want you to be looking on with us as we inspect the vision of our church. Now, let me tell you, we are still going to have church We're still going to talk to God at the end of this service. But for a few moments, I want to talk to you about the vision of this church and how you can play a part in it, how you can be a part in it. If you need need anything, reach out to it. If if you need a a pen or a pencil or a, a booklet, go ahead and reach out. Yes. Somebody's asking, do we have church on Sunday night? That's a, that's a, 
the, the text I'm getting. We are having church right now. So why, why don't you text these people for me and get, get, get them online to Redemption Plano. All right. Excellent. Redemptionplano.com forward slash at home. That's the, the URL. All right, everybody. In real time. Today, I'm going to invite you to open up your booklet. I believe it's page four. Is there writing on page four? Did I get the right book? As we begin to define our vision for Redemption Church. It is our hope. All right, so the very next one, let's go like five there. All right, page five. It is our hope that you take up this vision with us. Our prayer for you is found in Ephesians 1.17. I don't think anybody says it better than Paul right here. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy name. Can we pray together that we would know him better? Can we pray together that, the, that our heart would be enlightened? That we would understand our calling and that we would give him all the glory that is due him. Let's pray right now all over this house. Everybody pray. Lord, we love you, God. And we ask you, Lord, to speak to us right now from your word. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to direct our footsteps and direct our vision, God. I pray for everybody watching, listening online. Lord, be with them, God. Lord, that we would know our calling, that we would know you better, that the eyes of our heart would be open for spiritual revelation and knowledge straight from you, God. Nobody better than you to give us that. And we turn to you and we pray all of this in that wonderful name that's above every name. Somebody say it in the name of Jesus. We pray really quick. I want to tell you about our story. Our story, Redemption Church, is a dream that the first century church is still viable today. That that church you read about in the book of Acts, it's still a thing. That God's power that you read about in the Bible has not diminished in any way. We believe that that first century message of that first century church, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it still changes life in the 21st century. If you really want to know what is the, the ground level, why did you start a church? Here it is. We believe that the message of the gospel can still change lives. That's it. Anybody agree with that? Y'all agree with that? We believe that faith should be powerful and simple. And I've been, let me tell you, I've been in churches that did not have powerful faith. And I've been in churches that had complicated faith. I've been in both of them. I believe faith should be these two things, that it should be both powerful and simple. Who's with me? Powerful faith. Here's that powerful faith. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. That's powerful faith. And it's also simple faith. It's a faith that speaks your language. It's a faith that speaks to your life right where you are. And it's a faith that's so simple that you can share it with others. You need to be able to share this powerful and simple faith. We call ourselves Redemption Church because we believe powerful and simple faith in God can recover 
anything that has been lost or stolen. Every failure in your past can be redeemed. Every weakness can be redeemed. Every family, every marriage, and every person can be redeemed. It is so exciting to see a new person walk into the church building, right? Why? Because that's a person that can receive the powerful redemption of Jesus Christ. It's exciting. And I want you to have that vision with us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption. Through what? Through his blood. We don't have redemption through really fancy church services. We don't have redemption through really nice music. We don't have redemption through a really important, nice sermon. No, we have redemption through one thing. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance to the riches of God's grace. Every person we meet has the potential of being the next redemption story. It is not our goal to be a mega church, but to be a mighty church. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not of this world, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, the mighty God is at work at Redemption Church. He is. He is at work here. We are involved in community outreach missions as well as global missions. Where are we involved? We're involved in a lot of places, and we're always looking to be more involved. That's this church. We meet in small groups, and we live out first century church faith in homes and in neighborhoods. We teach our the, the gospel of Jesus Christ to people of every age and background, and we see their lives surrendered to God and changed forever. We see God do miracles. Yeah, that's that kind of church that you're in. We see God do miracles. Yeah, we do. And we, and we want we invite you to see for yourself how exciting can be when faith, when the focus of your faith is both simple and powerful and people are set free to serve God with passion. That's Redemption Church. Turn to me, uh, I believe it's page six now. Your story. That was our story. That's just a small little bit of our story. Here's your story. This is where I want you to join in and make it your story. The focus of Redemption Church is four part. Number one, it is love God. That's that first blank right there. Please write that in. Love God. Number two, grow in faith. Number three, serve others. And then last, number four, go change the world. This is the DNA of Redemption Church. If we boiled it down to who we are, what we're setting out to do, it's these four things. We're going to love, we're going to grow, we're going to serve, and we're going to go. We want every person to do that. Not just the pastoral team, not just our volunteers. We want every person in this place to do all four of those things and to do them increasingly for the Lord. Step one, we love God. And here's how we love God. We, we create a way and an atmosphere for us to love God in our weekend services. We want people to be here, not so we can say, wow, did you see that attendance number? No, we want people to be here because we have a, an atmosphere where God is loved. Did you love God today? 
when we were singing those songs about his holy name and how good he is and how he's a healer and how he's unstoppable. When we're singing all that, you know what that was? That was absolutely loving God. When you go over there and you take communion, when you give your time and your offering and when you serve as a volunteer, when you receive the word of God, when you talk to God, all these things are simply loving God. Our love for God is not confined to one day of the week, however. It's not just all about Sunday. But we express it publicly when we come together as believers on this day. We set aside time. Time's that next word. We set aside time to emphasize our love for God through worship and community. It takes time to love God. Set aside time. At weekend service, we, number one, we worship. We praise God in the sanctuary, Psalm 150. And one says, we praise God in the sanctuary. This is a time of worship. Two, it's a time to connect with the body of Christ. Scripture says that only iron can sharpen iron. It takes iron to sharpen iron. You don't take iron and sharpen it on a rock. That will destroy the iron. But if you take iron and you sharpen it with iron, that sharpens both irons in the next bit of that verse says, so does one man sharpen another. It's not about the iron. It's about the relationship and how we make each other better when we connect. So when we connect with one another, we grow stronger and we grow sharper. Number three, we hear the preached word of God when we come together. Every time we come together, we receive this word of God. We hear it and faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, Romans 10 and 17 says. So we hear the word of God. And then four, we pray together. It is important to pray in private, but there's something altogether different when we pray together and for each other. In Acts chapter 4, when a group of believers gathered in a second floor room, the place was shaken by their prayers. There are four things that we do every time we come together to love God. We pray, we connect, we hear, and we worship. Our goal for every worship service is that with you, you would love God more than before. Quick little litmus test, a little test for you, gut check. Are you loving God more today than when you started this year? Are you loving God more today than last year. Think about that for a moment. Uh, the day you were saved. That's praise God for that. But today are you loving God more today. Than that day. That special day. The Lord saved you by his grace. It is our, it is our goal. We take time. We focus on things. All the media that we put together. Is not to, meant to impress you. The worship team's not meant to impress you. The preaching's not to meant to you to go. Whoa that's. That's a pretty cool guy. Nothing like that at all is on the table. Everything we do is about one thing. We want you to love God more than before. Our next page, step two. We love God. Here's step two. We grow in faith. What, what, how do we grow in faith? Here's how we diagnose that. Here's what we would like you to do. Join a small group. That is a great place to grow your faith. There are two things that we need as believers. First, we need to sense that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. 
if you aren't sensing something bigger than yourself, you aren't operating in faith. Faith always brings you face to face with a giant, doesn't it? And faith is bringing us to something that's bigger than who we are. And then second, we need to sense that we're impacting others in close relationship. Small groups do both of those things. And if your faith isn't growing, you're probably missing one of those two things. In Acts 2, when when the church was born, and through the book of Acts, we see the power of meeting in small groups. Here's one verse. It says uh, in Acts 2, 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Acts 5 and 42. They met daily in the temple and in every house. Acts 20 and 20. I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. From Acts 2 to Acts 20 is at least a decade. Where the church began and where the church ended in the book of Acts was absolutely the same. It was all about Jesus. It was powerful and it was small groups. It was connection among people in the most intimate setting there is, houses. Houses are always more intimate than church buildings and you know it's true. It's one thing to talk to your pastor in, in the church afterwards. It's another thing for the pastor to sit in your house and talk to you. And that's how it is for all of us. So we go house to house and that's how we're going to grow our faith. The reasons small groups are important, here they are. Small groups provide opportunities for, number one, Bible study. Bible study at a, at a great level because when we study the Bible and I preach it to you, it's me talking at you. But in a small group, it's not about people talking at you. It's about you sharing together what you are learning and what you might have as questions. It's totally better. It's better in every way. Bible study. I need people to strengthen and balance the word of God in my life. That happens in small group. Number two, fellowship. I need people who know the real me. People that I can open up to about my weaknesses. People I can celebrate my latest victory with. I need that fellowship. I need people to know the real me. Three, prayer. I need people to pray for me personally. Every small group, we ended in prayer. And people give their needs. And we all pray together over those specific needs. Four, support. I need people who will protect me. And that happens at small group. I don't know what I'm going to do. And somebody says, well, let's meet for coffee. Let's talk about that. Because you, you have options. You aren't a, a loser with, with no options. Uh, I love those conversations that happen in a small group. That's support. Five, outreach. I need people with whom I can share my story. We just don't have the time for everybody to share their story every Sunday here at Redemption Church. But when we meet in small group, we do have that time. And people share their story. And guess what? That's some of the best discipleship there is. That's some of the best testimony time there is. That's a time where the gospel's really coming out of you and it happens at a small group. All five of these points can be summed up in one word. And that word is discipleship. 
Jesus told us to make disciples. We believe that the disciples growing in faith, it happens in small group best. Discipleship is not a theological college course with big words. Recently, I've been really fighting with this thought because my thought about discipleship is going really deep and getting really big theological words in our brain. That's not discipleship. That's not it. No, discipleship is all of us sitting and learning at the feet of Jesus. Most of our discipleship and faith growth is going to take place in small groups. Over the few years of this church, looking around, we see that our biggest growth in people happens in a small group. Our weekend worship services are all about loving God. Our small groups are all about loving each other with God and growing together in that faith. Jesus in John 13 says this, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my Disciples, real quick, here's how, here's how small groups work. Our small groups meet once a week in places all around our Metroplex and provide a place for you to connect, grow, and discuss the issues and challenges of life. Regardless of your age, interest, or location, there is a small group for you out there. Small groups are also where we pray, where we care for one another, and you are missed if you don't show up. People will notice because... You're at close relationship. If you would like to join a small group, simply visit our information table. Write out that you want to be part of it. Or text 469-467-8111. Text our, our number. We want to get you connected. We would love for you to get connected. Three things to know about our small groups. Number one, they are connect groups. Our connect groups are as varied as we are. Group leaders use their gifts and passions to create a group that follows others. That allows others to find a deeper connection to faith and others within the faith. Whatever the age, interest, or location, there is a group that's just right for you to connect in. All right? They're connect groups. Number two, we have three semesters every year. For some of you, this is going to be new language. It's something we're jumping into. New groups start and stop three times a year. Summer, the spring, summer, and fall, we're going to have trimesters of our connect groups that gives you a chance to try out a new group and connect with new people throughout the year it also allows people that are getting involved to either be more involved or less involved as they go through the seasons of their life number three speaking of leadership you can host a group we want you to know that. We believe that everyone has areas of strength and gifting that can benefit others. The first step in becoming a small group leader is to attend the small group leader training. And these classes are offered before a new semester and give an overview of what it takes to start a group. You'll discover that it's easier than you think. The last thing is this. We want everybody to be involved in a connect group. And we want everybody to be uh, looking at being more involved Maybe even hosting a connect group. Step three, serve others. Serve others. What, what is that? That's complete next steps. 
One another is found 59 times in the 27 books of the New Testament. One another. Jesus wants us to know the responsibility we have one to another. That we should care for one another. That we should serve one another. Our next page. But how? How do I do this? Well, Next Steps answers this question. What we're going through right now is actually the first session of the Next Steps program. And you are the very first people to ever go through it at Redemption Church. The Next Steps journey is where you can discover the unique gifts God has given you and how you're going to use those gifts to serve others. In this step, we will, you will discover the, your unique gifts so that you can fulfill your God purpose. My number one goal for this year, late last fall, I felt really hit with this. It's that the people in the chairs have to get more involved in the kingdom of God than ever before. That the people in this church have to find what they're most passionate about and then go do that thing for God. And some of that is recognizing I've got these gifts or what is passionate for you, and then releasing you to do it in your church. But what if, what if Redemption Church isn't doing that thing that you're really good at, or doing that thing, uh, we're not doing that thing that you're very passionate about. You know what we should do about that? We should start. So we need to find out what you're passionate about. We need to find out what you're called to do, and then we're going to create that for you. We're going to create a way for you to be fulfilled and passionate about serving Jesus Christ. We're very excited about that. We're going to do that. And that's why we're doing this next steps. Do you realize that's why we're doing this next steps? Because we want people to come into this church and realize what the next step is for them to be involved in the kingdom of God. And that's what that is. What is your next step? We want to see you get involved in the kingdom. And we want it to be exciting for you. We want it to be a joy for you. We want you to use your ability to do art want you to do your ability to do technical things. want to do your ability. Some of y'all are just really good at throwing parties. So let's throw parties and let's put you in charge of it. And let's be big in the kingdom of God. Is anybody excited besides Clyde Fluid? Can you clap your hands if that's exciting? Thank you. It's still church, y'all. It's not a seminar. All right. That's my number one goal this year, fulfillment. To see each of you involved and fulfill your purpose in Jesus Christ. And next week we're going to be talking about that all the more. Number, step four, is to go change the world. Number four is go. And not just to go, but to go change the world. And here's what I want you to do. It's a new terminology for us around here. It's the dream team. I want you to join our dream team. What is the dream team? That's the name of our team around here. That's going to be our team uh, of volunteers. That's going to be our team of ministers. That's going to be our team of people where we dream together, we care about each other, and we fulfill our passions together in Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to be calling our team, the dream team. Can you say dream team? The Redemption Church dream team is the core of our church. We can't do church without this team. We don't ever want to do church without this team. We want this team to grow. If the church is going to grow, this team has got to grow. Every person who serves in any of the redemption ministry teams is a part of one team. Real quick, y'all. 
I've worked in churches where it felt like they had a bunch of different teams. And it felt like if you're on this team, maybe you disagreed with that other team and there was like weird squabbles. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced anything like that. That can't happen around here. That is not the body of Christ. We are one body. We are one people with one calling in Jesus Christ. And we are one team around here. And it is the dream team. If you lean your ladder up against the wrong wall, you can climb all you want but never arrive at the place you wish to be. We really want to know where it is you want to be. And we want to position that ladder for you to climb and help you every step of the way, encourage you, train you, whatever it is you need, we want to help you with that. So many times in churches, people get stuck in ministry jobs. Y'all hang with me. Because y'all are going to act like I don't know what you're talking about. But if you've been around churches long enough, you do know what I'm talking about. There's somebody, they're like, oh my gosh, we need somebody to work with kids. And somebody's like, I don't really like kids, but, you know, I guess I'll help. And then 30 years later, they're still helping the kids. And they're like, this really is not very fulfilling to me, but I can't tell pastor no. That story is repeated over and over and over in churches. Someone say amen. amen. You know it is. What, what are we talking about here? We're talking about what is the area that you are passionate about doing. That is what we want you to do. We're not going to try to ask you to do something you don't want to do. We are here to fulfill that plan and that purpose and that gifting and that calling in you. Who thinks that sounds good? You have to learn to lean the ladder in the right place. And you got to know what is the right place. Here's the right place for us. Making a difference in the lives of others is always the right place. What should we do next in the church? Well, that's the next question is this. Will it affect the lives of others for the better? Will it bring them closer to Jesus Christ? If the answer is true, then I think we should do that thing. Everybody follow that, that line of thinking. That's where we are going to lean the ladder every time. And we do that at Redemption Church through teams. We do not do that at Redemption Church. The pastor does everything. We can't do that. I can't do that. But together, we can do that. And we will do that. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says this. Don't look out only for your own interests. But take an interest in others too. That's going to be us and isn't it so wonderful when people are taking an interest in you and you're taking an interest in others? That's the body of Christ right there. That's who we're going to be. Love, grow, serve, go. That's the DNA of Redemption Church. This is the four-part spiritual journey of every believer that's going to walk through our doors. They're going to learn to love God. And because they learn to love God, they're going to grow in their faith. And because they're growing their faith, they're going to have this whole new tool set to serve others. And because they're doing all this so faithfully, God is going to prepare a door for them. And they're going to go change the world. So allow us to welcome you to a journey to find the best that you can be. Welcome to the Redemption Church family. Are you proud of your Redemption Church family? You can clap for that. I'm proud of you guys. 
we're going to walk together. Amos 3.3 tells us how can two walk together except they be in agreement. If we're going to walk together, we must covenant together. We must agree together. Walk together with God and with one another. Redemption Church membership covenant. This is what membership here at Redemption Church is all about. Being in agreement with the values and ideas presented in Next Steps. I now feel led by the Holy Spirit to unite with the Redemption Church family. In doing so, I commit myself to God and to the other members to do the following. We're going to say that to people that have never publicly declared that they're members of the church. And it's going to be an opportunity for them to say, yeah, I kind of do agree with this. And then we're going to say, well, what's stopping us to walking together? And we'll walk together. But as we walk together, we need to walk in these next ideas. Number one, I will protect the unity of my church. Say unity. unity. By acting in love towards other members, by refusing to gossip, by trusting and following the leaders. Let's hit some scripture. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Romans 14, 9. Romans 15, 5. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you to live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4, 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to to their needs. And Hebrews 3, 13, 17, having confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Number one is protect the unity of the church. Number two, I will share the responsibility of my church. By praying for its growth. That, I want you to put that on your prayer list. Lord, I pray that Redemption Church would grow. I pray that it would grow in faith. I pray it would grow in membership. I pray that we would see more people baptized. And we'd see more people begin to find their calling. Will you put that on your prayer request list? Let Redemption Church grow. And by inviting the unchurched to attend. This is really important. You need to invite others to your church and we want we want you to have enough faith in your church to bring your friends we want you to believe that we're not going to do something weird we're not going to be hateful we're we're, we're not going to be a, a closed door to others but you can bring people and they're going to find jesus here and they're going to find friendship here and they're going to be so glad you invited them and then lastly by warm, warmly welcoming those who visit. That is everybody's job in a growing church. To love and care for that new guest. Is this your first time? If you aren't sure, go ahead and ask that. Is your, is your, are you a first time guest? We're so glad. Follow that up. We're so glad that you're here. Because the truth is we are. I, I sometimes add this. We have been praying that you would come. Because that's absolutely true. We've been praying that people would come and here they are and we should be joyful and, and thankful for that every time. First Thessalonians 1 says this, to the church, we give thanks to God always for you making mention of you in our prayers. You should make mention of one another in your prayers. Luke 14 and 23, go out into the highways 
and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. And then Romans 15, 7, therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Number three, I will fulfill my purpose. I will fulfill the purpose of my church by discovering the gifts and talents that belong to me, that God has given to me, by being equipped to serve by my pastors. That's really our job as pastors is to not just talk at you, but to equip you to do the work of God. We want to see you do those things. One day, I hope you're up here preaching the word of God. One day, I hope you are leading a song. One day, I hope you are pushing the buttons in the tech booth. That's actually how they push them. Did you know this thing? That's the actual, they just straight up and down like that. I I want you to be hosting a connect group and, and helping us to write the material. I want you to do that thing. And next, by developing a servant's heart. We can't do those things without the right heart. Jesus shows us, above all, the heart of a servant And then last, by reaching out to others. A lot of churches think they're really friendly churches. Have you ever been to an unfriendly church? Can I tell you something about that church? Because I visited that same church too. Here it is. That church that's unfriendly doesn't know they're unfriendly. I have been in some of the most unfriendly churches and they, they brag. I've heard them brag on themselves. We're so friendly. I mean, we're friendly look at us. We're friendly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was going here five months before anyone talked to me. That's not friendly. Amber, that's not friendly. So we need to be reaching out to others. We need to be a friendly church. If you are thinking, should I go talk up to, go up to that person, introduce myself and welcome them for coming? Let me answer that for you as your pastor. Yes, you should do that. You should do it right now. Do it. Do it, not during the sermon, but, but in a little bit, do it. Excellent. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Ephesians 4, 11. He gave some to be pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. And then Philippians 2, 4 says this, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, for taking on the very nature of a servant. Next page, number four. I will support the testimony of my church by attending church and small groups faithfully. How does that help support the testimony? Well, we say we're about these things. We say we're a kind, friendly church that loves each other and we're involved with each other. How you do that is you follow up. So be constant. Be, be a, 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 an attender of a small group and church service and do it faithfully. Thank you for being faithful attenders. I appreciate it. By living a godly life. Oh, there's nothing like a hypocrite that can pull down the testimony of the, of the church. There are so many people that really they're wild about Jesus, but they can't stand Christians. 
because they've seen Christians that do not live the life that they preach. We, church, we need to support the, the testimony of your church by, by living godly lives and by giving regularly. That's part of our plan. Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, exhorting one another. Philippians 1.27, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's, that's always a gut check scripture. Is your life, are you living a life that's worthy of this gospel you? 1 Corinthians 16, 2. On that first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. And then finally, Leviticus 27, 30. A tithe of everything from the land belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Here's four things. Protect the unity. Share the responsibility. Fulfill the purpose. Support the testimony. That is our covenant together. That's how we walk together. If there's an area of our life that's out of, out of the bounds of this, that will be something as members together, as friends together, as disciples of Jesus together, we will need to hold each other accountable. All right. Next page. Seven ways the first century church revealed their love for God. And we're drawn to a close. Thank you for so much for being with us and doing this with me. Here's how they love God. Number one, they experienced the new birth. Who tells us about the new birth in John chapter 3? What's his name? Jesus. It's Jesus. He, he says you must be born again. Unless one is born again. Born of water and spirit. John chapter 3 verse 5 says. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and enduring word of God. That's First Peter chapter 1 verse 23. They were born again. We love to see people born again. It gives us joy every time. It's what it's all about. Number two, they shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a way the first century church always loved God. The kingdom of God has come. And through Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, we can be restored to a relationship with him. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. And then Peter says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, if you are not living out that gospel, you cannot possibly live out the love of God like you should. Number three, they anticipated the soon coming of Jesus Christ. They say this, our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly, eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. That's Philippians 3 and 20. Number four, they lived differently than other people. They live differently than unbelievers. If we're going to love God, we got to live out that love. And our life ought to look differently from those that do not love God. 
Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may you may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number five, they believed Jesus is God. This is big, y'all. Jesus is more than just some guy who said some cool things. Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory come to us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. John 1 and 1. John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Colossians 1, 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Colossians 2 and 9. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10. And you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. First Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Who believes Jesus is God? I love to declare it. Jesus is the Lord of glory. Praise God. Listen, guys, you can't love God and hate Jesus. You can't love God and be mediocre about Jesus. But it's through loving Jesus that you ultimately love the Father. Amen. Verse number six. They they gathered in small groups during the week in houses. This is a way to love God. How I did not shrink from declaring you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. Number seven. They gathered together for worship. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Psalm 34. When we come together and we, we sing songs, it's not, it's not that, hey, we heard a cool song on the radio. Let's sing it. Oh, it's that we are worshiping and loving the God of all creation through song. What a wonderful opportunity that is. Now, this is the part of the next steps where I would tell you to sign up for next two. I would tell you when next Uh, the next session is going to be and you'd make plans to come because you love what you're feeling about this church. Is that right? Is it working? But today I want to talk to God. I want you to take your little sheet and you can put it to the side for just a moment. You don't have to fill in another bubble on this thing. You can look over the rest of your booklet later. We have some things in there about scriptures about giving if you want to know about giving. We have scriptures uh, about uh, prayer, some, some uh, suggestions on how to better pray for those around you. But today I want us to answer this question as our worship team comes. And the question is this, how will you love God more today? And I want you to answer that because that's what we exist for. The reason we're here today is that you would love God more today than you did before. So how, how's that going to work for you? How's that going to look for you? What are you going to do over the next few moments that really is you love growing in love with God? What are you, this is the first day of the week. What are you going to do with the rest of your week to actively love him? And y'all, you've got totally different situations. We got school teachers that sadly are, their spring break is ending and they're going back to school. But that's an opportunity, Lupita, for you to love God in the middle of a lot of Young eyes and hearts and ears. Some of you, you've got the daily grind and you're like, oh, I've got to 
do that thing for work tomorrow. Ah, I'm so glad you came to church even though you have that work thing tomorrow. Thank you for that. I want to tell you this whole week, you have an opportunity at that job, be it a job you love or a job you don't love. You have an opportunity to love God there. What will you do to actively love God more than you did before? That's not just the slogan. If we just have that be a slogan, no life is changed. But if we live that out, that will change many lives. We're called to love God. So how will your marriage and your family love God more today? How will you use your gifts and abilities to love God more? You know those gifts and abilities that you've kind of kept quiet? How are you going to use those gifts? It's time to take those out and use them for the love of God. How will you use your time and finances to love God more today? We have failed if we maintain our love for Him. If our love stays the same but doesn't grow, we've ultimately failed as a church. We must love Him more. But if we're going to succeed, it's about these next few moments where you worship Him in a way maybe you never have before. Where you surrender to Him in a way you never have before. Where you speak to Him in a way you never have before. These altars are open right now. Will you love Him more today? Friends online, I want you to love Him more. In this house, we're going to gather and pray. And I'm going to pray for people in this room. But right now, friend online, I want to pray for you. Father, help my brother and my sister to love you more. Help them, God, to surrender greater love to you, Jesus. Lord, some of the things we talked about today, Lord, stir them up in our hearts, God, that we would do those things, that we would do them greater, God. Lord, I pray for our church today that we would grow in our love for you today, that we would love you more than we ever have, that we would work in such a way that fully loves you and fully gives you praise, God. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.